Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 53 of Forever Strength. I'm Andrew Coates. I've got Bailey Lau with me. She's got another great episode prepared for us. And this one's going to be kind of an introduction to fitness jargon. Now, we got two thoughts here. The second thought, which we'll get to, is we're actually going to explain a bunch of stuff that we figure, if you choose to be interested in this stuff, we're going to define some of this. So it's a little bit of education. But what also underlies all this is the fact that our industry sometimes will make things sound more complex than they need to be. And good coaches will actually use the language that common use. I think the best example is tone and how some coaches will launch to this, oh, tone is not a thing. We mm -hmm. damn well know what tone means. When someone says to me, someone brand new to fitness who sits down, they just want help. It's intimidating enough to step into a gym. They're meeting me for the first time and they say, I don't want to get too bulky. I just want to tone up. I do not launch into, well, actually, tone is not a thing. You build muscle, you lose fat, blah, blah, blah. It's a mistake coaches make. I like to say, I know exactly what you mean. Tell me more and ask a lot of questions. So that's our philosophy when it comes to the way we communicate with this stuff in our media. But let's get into some of the more, the technical stuff that you may come up against. And um, this may help you understand it um, if you're confused. So Bailey, what you got? Yeah, well, another reason I wanted to go over this kind of stuff was it sometimes people that are sort of clickbaity and, and they have no information to give you, but they're trying to get you to this in marketing. They use terms, anatomical terms, um, physiological terms, stuff like that um, to sort of confuse you into thinking that it's science. Um, so if you actually understand some of these terms, maybe it'll help you decipher between what's actually real information and what's just here's all this stuff, all these fancy words, and you don't know what they mean, please buy whatever I'm selling. You know what I mean? Um, so the first one sort of area, we're going to go over some anatomical terms. Um, so we went over flexion extension in our range of motion uh, podcast, but extension just means straightening the joint. Um, flexion means bending the joint. Um, so in a leg curl, you would be flexing. That would be uh, the movement where the muscle is shortening. Um, and then you would be doing both, but that's the movement where the muscle is shortening. Um, extension would be something like a tricep pushdown where the main movement is extending, straightening the elbow, uh, and then you're gonna get the tricep. That makes sense. Um, hyperextension is a thing. So you're going past full extension. Some people have a little bit more range of motion with their joints. Um, so things like elbows, digits even could sort of be. Um, and then hyperextension through the spine is one as well, uh, oh, which is a normal movement. I'll add little bits of helpful context. You mentioned the elbow. So the ability to hyperextend can be, depending on the joint, can be related to hypermobility. Women on average are more hypermobile than men. We want to sometimes be careful a good example is a lot of people get really scary about leg presses and how your like knees will fold back over. If someone is not hypermobile, it's actually safe to lock your knees out. We want to be careful about it, but it's actually safe. If you can hyperextend your knees, you actually need to be controlled. You don't want to lock out. Now, uh, same thing with elbows. And you, you mentioned with hyperextension. So we, most people should hopefully be able to hyperextend at their hip. It's actually an important part of the ability to run and your walking gait is your hip will actually go into hyperextension. So it's not like this is a universally bad, scary thing. 
It probably depends on just how much load is on it because leg press is one of the ways we can load the most. We just mm -hmm. want to be really careful if you end up being able to hyperextend under that much load. What's next? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's just a term to explain that stuff, but sometimes there's information around it that's not the greatest. Um, <laughs> so adduction and abduction, ADD versus ABD. Um, so adduction would be anything moving towards the midline of the body. Um, and then abduction would be moving away from the body. Um, so things like lateral band walks would be abduction because um, the movement is away. Um, same with the ab hip abduction machine is fairly popular for the glutes. Um, and then just, so the trunk, if anyone says that to you, that just refers to your torso. So it'd be, you know, from your collarbone down to your, your belly button, your hip area. Um, thigh versus leg. <clears throat> Not A lot of people don't really care about this one. The thigh is the top portion of your leg. Uh, and the leg is um, the shin calf. Areas would be the part below the knee. What about thigh gap? <laughs> thigh gap. Um, that's a made up term for people that have space between that part of their leg. A lot of it is anatomical in terms of uh, their hips, how wide, how wide set their legs already are because of their hips. Plus, if you have bigger leg muscles, you probably have less thigh gap. This is some rubbish that I think mm -hmm. Lululemon cooked up and or somehow came out through their marketing. So it, it's one of these things that please don't care about this stuff. Okay, guys. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anterior, if you hear that term, just means the front of the body. Posterior means the back of the body. Supinate would be in terms of your grip or even your feet. So supinate would be palms up, pronate, palms down, uh, and lateral just means side motion. I'll give you a couple of easy heuristics to remember some of these things. So mm -hmm. adduction, add you're adding to the body so whenever you add the joint to the body very easy way to remember it and then abduction is the opposite and the case of soup so if you think about your hands you hold your hands out as if you have a soup bowl in your hands that's literally supinate and if you have to you, you try to think about how your feet work just imagine your hands or feet flip them over yep. and the direction you go so those little funny heuristics can actually help you remember which ones these are yeah uh, and then in terms of the ankle, it is flexion extension, but it's specified to plantar flexion, pointing the toe down. And um, what's the other one? Dorsiflexion. Dorsiflexion. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that would be ankle specific. I want to um, use this as the example. Like we're clarifying some of this stuff, but there's good, there's stuff that we don't think is very helpful and will actually over will confuse our clients most of the time which is why we're doing this. The next one's the planes of motion. I'll give you another example. Whenever I see coaches start talking about physics terms like moment arms, I get really pissed off because sometimes this shit confuses me and I've done university level physics and Bailey is really into it and an expert in biomechanics. And yet you're not going to hear her talking about this kind of stuff. So it's about understanding, all right, where's this stuff relevant? And then where is someone just trying to sound really smart on their social media? So Planes of motion. Yeah. Um, planes of motion. So frontal plane, this just means that you're moving in that plane. Um, so if you were, were to cut the body uh, in half front and back, uh, exercises like that would be lateral raises, lateral band walks. And let's, let's actually explain something here because frontal plane, it sounds like you'd be moving forward. That's actually not it. It's confusing because if you're moving in the frontal plane, you're actually moving laterally not forward yeah exactly confusing right 
I know. <laughs> right? Which is why people don't say, oh, make sure you do things in this plane. They say, move forward, backwards, and twisting, <laughs> like, and side to side. Um, sagittal plane, body into the right and left side. So that would be most of your compound movements, like squats and deadlifts. Uh, this is where that's when people say make sure you're moving in more than one plane because uh, a lot of people stick to those basics and then you're sort of just moving in that sagittal plane um and then there's the transverse plane upper lower um lots of twisting motions so clamshells russian twists stuff like that something that'll be a little fun too is if you ever see older adults or really overweight people they tend to almost like have more of a waddling walk and it's because that they they aren't as proficient, especially with their body dimensions, in moving in what we would call a frontal plane. So they tend to waddle. Now, if you watch videos of my client Larry doing farmer's carries, he actually tends to have more of a waddle when he walks. He's 73. He's heavy set, low center of gravity. And I once saw someone come in and comment on him doing this heavy farmer's carry, and he's walking a little side to side, like a little bit of that waddle. And they're like, oh, he should focus on this. And I'm First of all, I don't like people making rubbish, you know, comments about this sort of thing, right? It's like, all right, first of all, this is normal for, uh, you know, older individuals. Pregnant women walk this way, okay? Especially eighth trimester. It's just literally the center of gravity. So it's actually kind of normal. And it's not like there's anything wrong. But when training, ideally speaking, we would actually like to retain the quality of movement in all these planes. So there is a long game here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but talking about it with your clients is, they don't care. They don't care. Okay. <laughs> pay you to do me, tell me what to do, so I'll just do it. Um, next thing I guess that we can go over is general muscle groups. I Because we're surrounded by people in fitness, sometimes I forget that when I say your thigh or your quad, uh, a person, especially a beginner, oh. might just not know what you're talking about. So um, main oh. sort of muscle groups, biceps, which is... So the front of the arm, um, the the upper arm, uh, that's that muscle there that um, flexes the elbow. I had got to think about all that stuff, right? Right. Uh, triceps would be extending at the elbow. That's just the back of the arm. That's the muscle group there. Um, so two heads to the bicep, three to the tricep. Um, shoulders. I mean, I don't know how to explain that except for it's your shoulder. You just <laughs> people know what that one is. Um, chest would be the top of the trunk, uh, the front of the trunk, sorry, uh, at the top. Um, back would be your back. <laughs> Lots of people separate this one into upper and lower because um, there's so many different exercises for the back. So there's a lot of muscles back there. Um, but yeah, so pulling motions not so efficient for well the lower back there's a lot of flexion extension of the spine so moving sort of like that and then pulling motions with the arms is a lot of upper back that makes sense um, fun forward people define this one differently yeah well i mean it's anything that attaches to the spine and the pelvis um so that would be the abs the lower back the obliques sort of anything around that trunk area um uh, yeah it's a tough one you're right though people say different a things. a lot of times people will when they say core they mean abs right and this is one of those things where oftentimes just asking a question to understand 
a good example is when clients say to me, hey, I want to train my core. So I'll ask a few more questions because more often than not, what they really mean is they want to get leaner around their midsection. Sometimes they literally mean they want to get their abs stronger, or their core stronger, but a little bit of clarity will sometimes help figure out what someone means. And this is why this stuff matters because people will use words and mean one thing. And we as fitness professionals or you might actually have a slightly different interpretation of it. So I think oftentimes just asking deeper questions really helps. And notice Bailey did not turn around and make a big list of spinal erectors and Terry's major and yeah. bicep femoris. And just for a little fun, bicep femoris is actually not your arm bicep. It's part of your hamstring, right? So we'll usually say hamstrings. And there I are... Think, hang on. No, you first. I just, I have a client where she, she likes to, she's very sarcastic. Um, so she's, she'll say, you know, when she's doing bench press, she's like, okay, let's go legs. Um, so then when she does squat, she says, let's go biceps. And I'm like, technically, <laughs> talking about the biceps from Morris. Um, anyway, they thought that was funny. <laughs> we both have clients too. It is actually fun sometimes when clients are interested in learning a bit more about the biomechanics or the anatomy of stuff. I coach other coaches plenty. I mean, shit, you know, when Bailey was active, this all started because Bailey sought me out as a trainer first, right? And we can use language in those conversations that goes way, you know, above the head of the, you know, the average entry-level user. And it's fun because we both speak that language, but it's always geared towards the right person. So what else we got? Ah, things like DOMS. This is fun. Well, a few more just muscle groups there. Uh, glutes would be your butt muscles. Um, hmm. Quads, that's the front of the thigh. Hamstrings, back of the thigh, and then a calf is the back of the lower leg. But uh, yeah, fitness phrases. So DOMS is an acronym for delayed onset muscle soreness. That just means that your muscles have worked. Now they're sore. Um, usually only lasts about 24 to 48 hours, depending on how hard you pushed or if you had new exercises. Um, active recovery. I feel like this one also has a weird definition and it changes. Um, I mean, essentially, it's just you're recovering and you're doing very low intensity stuff, but you're still moving. And um, it sounds counterintuitive, but do you want to explain why low intensity stuff can actually help with recovery? Yeah, active active recovery is good because it, it still gets your blood flowing. Um, I always say to my my new clients, like you don't want to add stiffness on top of DOMS and sit around and, you know, your hips get a little that much tighter because we did legs and you're not moving. Um, so yeah, gets the blood pumping and those muscles working a little bit uh, just to get everything moving again. Um, PR, PB, a lot of people say PR and then they say personal best. Um, so yeah, personal record, personal best, that would just mean self sort of self-explanatory, but you, that's the best that you've done, right? Um, a pump it's just an increase in blood flow to a muscle that causes swelling. It's usually after a tough set. Um, a lot of the times it's higher volume stuff sort of gets that swelling in the muscle. There's a lot of arguments within more applied muscle building communities, whether or not the pump is a major cause of muscle growth. And it looks clear and clearer like, here's another term, mechanical tension. Right. Mm -hmm. So mechanical tension is just tension applied to muscle, loading it across sets and reps. So that's probably the primary driver of what builds muscle. I personally think that getting a pump 
which we also call metabolic stress, is more a secondary, a minor driver of muscle building, but it's mostly a concurrent thing that happens when you do a good job of putting tension on muscle. So the argument as to what exactly causes muscle hypertrophy is probably less important as doing the things that create all these things. Another thing we come up with is muscle damage. Now, we don't want too much because that interferes with optimal recovery and muscle growth, but some muscle damage will occur. And here's another couple terms that we didn't put on the list, but it's worth it. Muscle damage and soreness are more prevalent when we have more eccentric contractions on the muscle. So do you want to explain concentric versus eccentric? Yeah, eccentric, eccentric is the lengthening of the muscle and concentric is the shortening of the muscle. They're both tend to um, they're both considered contractions. Um, but yeah. And then things, I guess, another thing we didn't mention was isometric, which just means keeping the same length of the muscle. So a plank is holding an isometric contraction and the lowering portion of a squat is your eccentric or negative. They're interchangeable terms. And then the positive portion on the way up is your concentric. Yeah. Cause the, the muscle is shortening. Yeah, exactly um some more fitness phrases gains <laughs> these are kind of just funny some of them um gains just means muscle mass increase uh compound exercise is a multi-joint multi-muscle group exercise just means that you're using more than one for one single exercise so things like squats deadlifts bench press um free weights anything that's not attached to a machine um, isolation exercises, which is, it goes with compound exercise. Um, it's the exact opposite and only uses one single muscle. So something like bicep curls, tricep pushdowns, right? And then we have a couple other terms, drop set. Um, it's sort of, it's doing multiple sets while dropping weight. So most people use them for isolation exercises like bicep curls. So, or even lateral raises. Um, you'll start with a weight and then you'll do six with that weight, no rest in between, grab a lighter set, do eight, whatever, drop. So drop set means drop in weight. I sometimes do drop sets with leg press. Mm -hmm. Clients hate this. It's really, really tough. As you alluded to, we probably wouldn't do a drop set to failure with something like a barbell bench press or a barbell squat, right? We're yeah. probably exposing our clients to too much risk. Drop sets also produce a lot of fatigue, so you want to use them very sparingly. Another term, we went over eccentric, the lowering phase or the lengthening of the muscle, which is also, um, you use the word negatives. So chin-up negatives or eccentric chin-ups, they're sort of, they're the same thing. Um, superset just means one exercise right after the other. Usually it would be agonist antagonist muscle, which just means the front and then the back. They do opposite movements. Um, but some people use that term for things where you do the same thing. Yep. If, we, if we want to be technically correct, we would call that a compound set. But yeah, supersetting usually implies, as you said, antagonist or unrelated muscle groups. I'll sometimes superset core with the upper body work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, AMRAP, as many reps as possible, another acronym. Um, HIT, high intensity interval training, which is doing high intensity for a short period of time um, and then resting and then going back to it would usually be around maybe 20, 30 seconds. If you're doing quote hit for two minutes on one minute off, 
it's probably not <laughs> high intensity. Um, you, you would need rest faster than that if you were at a high intensity. Um, ROM, range of motion, another acronym. And I think if we really wanted to dig around, we could find an enormous array of stuff. But I think this does a really good job of covering people on a lot of stuff that's going to be helpful. I, ho I hope you had fun with this on this one. I think a lot of you guys listening are like, I know what all this stuff is. Yeah. But uh, we're we're trying to make light of it a little bit. And you'll notice in our media and our program, we're we're picky about the way that we use language. We want to, we're willing to teach. We want people to learn, but we're not going to talk over anybody's head. So we are getting really close to the next round of Forever Strength, this summer's program. In the summer one, we tend now... We try to reduce the friction in your life. Summer gets busy. There's going to be barbecues and you know parties and, and all kinds of other things, outdoor stuff. And you want to take advantage of that. But you don't want your, to have your fitness completely fall by the wayside. So we keep this version of the program a bit more simple, a bit more straightforward. Let us do the planning, the programming. You can step in, execute without much comp complication and keep your fitness habit through the summer that's really the big thing and then when we get into our fall round we're going to make a big push on glute training lower body training because we know that's popular so if you want more information message either of us any parting thoughts nope <laughs> thanks guys for tuning in we really appreciate it um if this is the first episode somehow you've out through all our media obviously go back and check some of the other ones we've got a whole bunch of great guests and we're going to work on some more cool guests so some car alarm is going off in my neighborhood so uh guys thanks for tuning in <laughs>